We live in a world where the news is at our fingertips, where we're one click or swipe away from the latest headlines. But how often do we stop swiping and scrolling and just listen? It's the difference between knowing what's in the headlines and understanding how it got there. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take, Al Jazeera's daily news podcast, where we bring you the context and the people behind the global stories that matter. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Going to talk about the CBC next week. Okay? CBC cuts. I just want to get somebody who knows what they're talking about. It just happened as I'm recording this. 650 jobs, more or less, going to get cut. What that's going to mean for them, I don't know yet. I want to speak with somebody who does. Not going to talk about that today. Going to talk about Rob Ford today. I know. We have heard a lot about Rob Ford, perhaps too much. And yet, not enough. I still do not feel like I actually know what happened, either with the crime or with the cover-up. I don't have a clear narrative in my head about that. I still don't feel like I know as much as the cops do, nor do I feel like I know as much as the press does. I certainly don't know what the fallout of Rob Ford will be. Not the fallout on Toronto municipal politics, per se, but the fallout on the media. Like, I I don't know what happens after an epic crack-fueled shock opera circus freak Taiwanese animated global fiasco comes and goes from your town. What happens next? So today, to help me get closer to answering those questions are two people who have been living and breathing and eating Rob Ford for some time now, and I do apologize for that description. Jonathan Goldsby writes extensively about Rob Ford on Twitter and to a lesser extent for his employer, Now Magazine. And my second guest today is some local reporter named Robin Doolittle. You can read her book about Rob Ford, Crazy Town, or just wait for the movie, and they'll be joining me in a moment. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, therapy online that has served over 3 million people around the world, and BetterHelp is available here in Canada. A lot of people have various blocks or reasons why they don't just reach out for that help. And one thing you'll hear people say is they just don't have the time. I would like to mount a different uh, argument here, which is that if you are talking to a mental health professional, if you're if you're chatting with somebody about your life and about your priorities, you can clear away a lot of the clutter. You can actually find yourself with more time because you have a better sense of what's important to you. Like it's an investment that can pay off even in that practical way of of organizing your life a bit better. These are some of the advantages in in the long run of having something like BetterHelp in your life. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to the show, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash Once again, it's betterhelp.com 
slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by AG1. Listen, taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. That is why for months now, I start every day by drinking AG1. I take a scoop of this green powder, I mix it in a canister with water, shake it up, and I drink it. I get hydrated and I get energized and focused and ready to take on the day knowing that I have vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. These are things that science tells us we need. They are also things that I don't necessarily get every day outside of my AG1. Listen, if there's one product that I'm going to recommend that will help you elevate your health, it's AG1. And that is why I have been partnered up with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try it now and you'll get a free welcome kit that includes a shaker bottle, canister, a metal scoop, along with five free travel packs. You'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 along with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. That is drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. Check it out. Do your taxes. And when you're done, when you've sorted through that shoebox or rifled through your old Word or Excel invoices, consider signing up for a free trial for FreshBooks.com. It'll make it a lot easier the next time around. Go to FreshBooks.com, 30-day free trial. Tell them who sent you. Cloud accounting, painless billing, FreshBooks.com. Guys, we need to start with just like, what happened the other week at City Hall? Which week? (laughs) That really could be any week. You smelled crack cocaine. I wouldn't – no, no. I, I smelled burning rubber of some kind, which according to people on Twitter and on the internet is consistent with the, how some people describe the smell of crack cocaine. Let's back up. What had happened prior to you smelling whatever it is you smelled and what was going on at City Hall? Uh, well, not not much was going on at City Hall outside of the mayor's office that night. Um Rob Robin was was there as well and can attest to the smell. Okay, uh, we were quiet on Twitter about Robin's presence. I, I was there first because Goldsby's always there first. No, well, I, I'll back up to where I was. <laughs> I, I was, it was. It was Saturday night about ten o'clock. I see messages and emails uh, saying, "Oh, Mayor Ford was may have been kicked out of the Air Canada Center tonight." And you know, I'm just. I go, oh, fuck. So, you know, I go I, – Your life is you can't relax because Mayor Ford might be doing some crazy shit. Yes, that's that's our life. I'm sure for Robin it's quite far more extensive than, than for me because, I mean, she knows about – she knows the answers to questions I would never think to ask. You guys are linked to him in this really intimate, weird way. It's the first line of my obit. Yeah. It's a weird – it's a weird Maybe. thought. Maybe. Well, you got some time you left. Have, you have I don't time. think so, man. I don't think you can ever – 20 years from now, I think, I think he's still going to be – there certainly won't be another mayor of Toronto that will be as noteworthy as Rob Ford. It's not even no. just the crap. Like, it's not even the drug smoking, though. It's the it, it's all the stuff around him that makes this story so fantastic. Oh, he's epic. It's it's uh, it's yeah, it's beyond. It's it's myth mythic at this. Saturday point. night was a perfect example. It's like we're in bed, and then suddenly, suddenly the mayor's like, oh, at City Hall. Well, first with their Canada Center. People remember this. This is when just just recently when uh, the Leafs game, and he couldn't get into the special club, and and uh, he was he seemed to be super drunk. I raid and yeah. <laughs> many pictures, some videos, he's clearly intoxicated in one manner or another, or quite possibly in several manners. One of the most recent things I find is a short short Instagram video that someone retweeted in which he drunk, uh, well, drunkenly says, you know, I got to find a cab to City Hall. I'm going to go to City Hall, uh, you know, north, north. So I live uh, three or four, five blocks from City Hall. My first thought is, ah, oh, fuck. Dude does not keep banker's hours. If you're following forward... Uh, You're on call like yes. 24-7. I went to City Hall. I over. And Robin, where are you at this point? Uh, I was at home. And yeah. it was it was 
Daniel, my co- Daniel Dell, my colleague at the Star, went and, and joined Goldsby at City Hall. And I mean, the, the thing is, I think it's important to illustrate is it's not just because he seemed to have maybe possibly been inebriated. He's denied it. It's the whole question of is he going to drive drunk in the police documents? That is one of the really serious allegations that came out of it is that he was driving around while intoxicated, sometimes with young staff in the car. So that's why we went to City Hall. Is is he going to drive home? Him marching into City Hall. Inebriated would have been something, but you want you want to be. That's everyday business at this I, point. It's not every. It's it's, it's, it's enough, but um, you you want to be able to catch him getting into the yeah. car to stay like that because that's something that, as of yet, no one has properly documented yeah. except yeah. for the police. Okay, so you didn't get him driving drunk, but you did so experience after, something. So let's yeah. get. Let's... Eventually, I went upstairs. Uh, went, I was about to leave. I saw the lights were on in his office. The blinds were drawn. So then I saw the TV was on in his office. So so I figured, okay. He's there. It was playing CP24. You're looking into the into Mayor Ford's office. The, the blinds are drawn. Yeah. The lights are on. TV is on. Yes. At midnight. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then I decided to go in just to the front of his office, and that's when I smelled like it was like a burning rubber smell. How close were you to the front of his office? The smell was actually strong. To be clear, the smell was actually strongest in the east side of the rotunda, and his office is at the south side, so it's close. But I could not. I, uh, there was definitely a strong smell of burning rubber. There's no doubt about that. But I, I could not, by, with any measure of confidence, say it was coming from his office because, I, if anything, it seemed to be coming from a, linear, a little east of his office. It could have been anything. The people who do the Rob Ford sit-in from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day are great because they're always there and they always know what's going on. So then you know, they tweeted at me that they, um, they've they smelled it a few times before. So That it, does not necessarily no. negate. But during, during the day. During okay. the day. Like I've asked I, them, like, have I, you smelled Robin, this during the day? When did you enter the scene? Probably around 1230. So Daniel, once Daniel was there, um, it's an odd situation, but you really do need to reporters when you're reporting on on this type of thing you don't want to necessarily be by yourself and that's something we can talk about today with with the topic i mean yeah you can imagine if it had just been me or just been kevin with the video or the ford story i mean that would have been very bad you really do need to so that i went and was daniel's backup essentially yeah um it did smell like burning rubber everywhere i would say it smelled like 10 tires on fire like as opposed to like a, a gentle smell. Let me just, if I can just get you guys to hold on for a second. We're just going to Google. What does crack smell like? I don't think it was crack, by the way. It was so, it was a very overpowering smell, at least by the time that I got there. Uh, well, according to Ask.com, rancid, plasticky, and a bit like burning rubber. Okay. Not an easy scent to remove. Yahoo Answers says... My kid woke up crying from a smell. Uh, he's asthmatic, uh, like burning plastic. This is all anecdotal internet Google research. Yeah. I mean, a former crack user, Richard Farron, who runs the TMA fraud account, messaged me to say, actually, it's 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 sweeter. It's more like a burning sugar smell. Uh-huh. So it seems to be like different opinions of different people. Crack aside, it's still an odd situation. This is mm-hmm. a mayor who is out at an, an event, he knows all the publicity that's around him. He knows the scandal that follows him wherever he goes. The people are constantly looking at him to say, are you drunk or are you high in public? He loses his temper. At the very, In the best scenario, he just loses his temper. Yeah. Um, he gets in a cab, comes to City Hall, and then he goes to Music Nightclub because his buddy, quote, Z, calls him and tells him to come down. And, and, you know, this is a guy who's had incidents at City Halls recently. It's St. Patrick's Day. He was seen stumbling and slurring outside. And it's like, why are you at City Hall at Saturday night waiting to go to the clubs? 
Well, if, if, if what we're trying to build here is a case that this is a guy who is a history of aberrant, inebriated behavior, I think that's well established. Yeah. What I'm getting at is like, whatever you smelled, it seems to be newsworthy, but it was not really reported. Well, it was something that people were certainly excited about on Twitter. And I think of like Business Insider aggregated about stuff about it, but – as far as I was concerned, there was no story in and of itself about that the but the, the hour at City Hall. I didn't even, I, I didn't end up writing it up because I didn't I did and I didn't consider this melt to be newsworthy. No. Well, I think the possibility that he's still using crack, uh, even reported as a possibility, is arguably newsworthy. Robin, why didn't you file anything about the smell <laughs> about, the, 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 about the cracky smell about the plastic smell? One because um, and I mean I wasn't there when it first started to waft through the walls. Right. So I, I don't know like at what, at what level it was at. When I walked, when I was there, I came up the stairs and the whole place smelled like it. Like you yeah. wouldn't, I mean, if you imagine someone smoking a cigarette, you can't smell a cigarette 30 meters away. Like the whole, it smelled like, it smelled like, like there was off gassing or something. Yeah. If I had been, if I had reported on anybody and I'd seen like, you know, smoke coming out of an office, yeah. that's one thing. But you guys are like creating this new little like standard for smell reporting and and the truth is, you cannot say conclusively that it was crack, and you no. cannot say conclusively that it wasn't. But it's a, it's a non it's an it's a non issue, I guess. But that's an ad hoc decision of like I mean, you know, like smells that are airborne can travel, and like all you could say is what you experienced with your yes. own senses, which is which is what happened, which is that yes. late at night after some kind of drunken rambling, the mayor locked himself into his office at midnight, and a smell consistent with what people say crack smells like was wafting in another in yeah in a slightly different part of the. No, floor. you can't but report the thing that. Is, you can't. Have it. Absolutely there's not. There's all sorts of things that, <laughs> that did happen. Whether no, it didn't. That's not what happened. Okay. It, it's the building smelled like burning rubber. The entire yeah. building. You can't. You you there's can't write in a story that you know people are going to jump to the conclusion yeah, that you're suggesting innuendo. that he's smoking crack. Like, um, nah, it's just a list. I don't actually. I don't even think right. he was smoking crack in his office. Like yeah. that's because it, because the smell was so pervasive. Exactly. Yeah. Well, besides that, also we saw him afterwards walking with a security guard like he didn't um he wasn't in he was a state straight enough yeah he wasn't in a state that uh i would say is consistent with some of the videos that we've seen of him um it no, wasn't it's, it's it just, wasn't cracky it would it. be incredibly irresponsible to say that because there was a smell of something burning permeating throughout the entire city hall rotunda that people on the internet say smells like crack what else has not been reported about rob ford that you guys know about <laughs> Is there a Rob Ford sex tape? <laughs> I, I'm serious. I've heard that. Everyone's heard that. Not everyone has heard that. Everyone in, in the circles of people who cover this has heard that. But most people haven't heard that. Very, very disturbing suggestion. But what what's going on there and elsewhere? Tell me what has not been reported. I, I can tell you that I hear more rumors that contradict one another than I've ever heard in my entire life related to this story. It is completely... I, I hear people all the time say, oh, I have a friend of a friend who knows the investigator who blah, 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 and that there's absolutely X, Y, Z. And I think this is a big issue And with this story and maybe to get on topic here. There's rumors and then there's fact. And I think just kind of throwing out rumors is irresponsible. And part of the reason why people are not trusting the media anymore is there's a very high threshold to say that someone has a 
that that sex tape rumor, for instance, and I won't repeat the rest of it, but it would be a very high threshold to say that that is that is true of, of the allegations involved in that rumor, which of which there is no evidence besides that people seem to say it's true. There's people on Twitter who claim to have absolute insider information about this investigation, and they report things as, oh, I've heard this, I've heard this. And I at some point, someone's going to sue somebody for saying that. And um, never sued anyone in the past. It doesn't. I just don't think it does anyone any no, favors. No. It doesn't do a service to um, to this city to have those things out there. I don't know. Like, there's so many rumors. I c- I can tell you that the Star has reported everything that we can prove. There is also the in between of the things that are that we can confidently believe ourselves happened, but that we cannot prove and therefore cannot publish. I, I really think that for me, doing this story, the the thing that I mean that I've possibly grown as a journalist is that you have to you can think something is true but you have to try to find holes in your own beliefs i don't assume and i'm not saying this about what you just said there but just in general i can believe something is absolutely true but until i have proof that i could prove it that could write it in the paper i assume it's not true hold on a second you cannot prove that in that video rob ford was smoking crack i've never said he was smoking crack that's right you you only reported what you saw which was that he appeared to be smoking crack Right. Right. You could report the facts and and those need to be true. Just like the facts are you went to City Hall after a night of drunken revelry and you smelled something that is consistent with what people say crack smells like. But it was coming from the wrong part of the building and it was too pervasive. So you have your doubts. That would be an accurate, truthful reporting of what happened. I don't don't think think so. so. I feel like that would be irresponsible. It would be accurate and truthful. But I also feel like it would be also that extra step of being irresponsible because it would lead people to jump to a conclusion that – but you said it on Twitter and you're saying it here. So just now we've got this other arbitrary distinction of like, yeah, but it wasn't in print. And now media is all blending together. And as somebody who's following the story, I'm glad I know that. And I haven't jumped to any conclusions. It's just another thing for me to know as I follow the story. But there's a difference between saying something on Twitter, which is a moment-by-moment observation of in this case, it was like, I didn't even know that was what crack cocaine smelled like. I smelled this like, I wonder if that's what crack cocaine smells like. I'm saying, I'm just going to describe it. Like, it smells like burning rubber. And the people are like, oh, that, apparently that is what crack smells like. <laughs> I don't want to get lost in the weeds here. I want to return to a point you were suggesting earlier, which is that we are at this strange juncture where, as you suggest, a reporter needs a secondary source of another reporter, mm-hmm. where you saw this video and there was, I think, a great deal of questioning for a period of weeks at the Toronto Star as to whether or not that was newsworthy and whether or not you could report, you and another reporter saw this with your own eyes. And there was a lag where you were trying to be as responsible as possible and avoid a lawsuit. And, you know, for a while it was not deemed like that that was enough to go to press with until you had more information. You know, you, we're, getting, we're at a point where reporters can't report or feel they can't report what they're experiencing with their own senses. We weren't. We didn't have a leg in terms of we didn't know if this was newsworthy or whether we could report it or not. It was a matter of this story would be much more impactful if we can get that video. Um, we knew that the moment that the story broke about the video, the video would disappear if we hadn't already obtained it. I know there was some talk earlier the Star said, well, we want to we report it further. Was, should I interpret that as meaning that means getting the video? We were, yeah. So it was either we were going to either get the video or do a full-blown investigation into his drug use, which we've been sort of working on for a year anyway, although at the first phase was focused on alcohol. But yeah, in our newsroom, the decision was we're not going to buy the footage. Everyone knows the story. I don't think I need to recap it. But we're not going to buy it uh, for $100,000. I do believe we probably would have bought it if they were asking for something like 
$5,000 or $1,000. I'm not speaking on behalf of the star. No one's told me that, but that is my that is yeah. my gut instinct. And this is an aspect of there was some kind of, whether it was in good faith or not, there was some kind of negotiation with these people we where were, money we, was talked about. I think about. we were very, well, we were talking about money in order to see the video, but we were very much just trying to say, like, that is an absurd amount of money. You're never going to get that amount. That amount. But if they changed their mind, let's say- You were haggling. Goes by. It, how much I mean, of it was negotiation? How much of it was stringing them along? Nothing about stringing it along. It's just you can't have a, a discussion even in our newsroom about what are we going to do about this if we didn't even know it was real. Yeah. Like in a normal situation, you would see it and then have that debate. We hadn't. We didn't even get to that point for a month where we could even have a real discussion right, right. about what it was. But no, I mean, this was... It, this has nothing to do with saying we need more, um, we weren't ready or we didn't think it was newsworthy. If that's all that we had and six months down the road, that's what we had. At some point, we would have reported it. There was no doubt that we were going to report on this at some point. But the the goal was get the video. And, yeah. and maybe if we turned them down and they couldn't find another buyer, they would say, okay, well, maybe take that maybe 5,000 bucks or something right. or whatever. The video is golden in reporting that story. I mean, you wanted it desperately. Gawker wanted it desperately. And it's gone now, right? Like, and, and there's questions of whether it's going to come out. And that that's the thing. It's like where we are right now is that really pivotal point of this story has not been seen by the public. And that, I don't need to see it. I, I it is important. It I mean, it, I have no doubt that it, I, the three reporters – one independent of the other two reported the exact same video. I, I would watch it if it was around, but it doesn't fill in any blanks of the story for me. There are other things that I want to know that are blanks in the story. It, it will be important, largely like forget the crack or the you know the crack pipe. It, it's the other stuff that he says in it that I think is important. But anyway, the the point is is. Um this has changed media. I think that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Like, and, and so much, I've avoided getting it really deep into this. It, like, I've been doing media criticism on, uh, during this period of time, and I haven't really talked about Ford because, like, it's, there's just an avalanche of talk about Ford, and we still don't know the timeline. We don't know about the guy who got killed. We don't know exactly what happened. I mean, like, will we ever know, like, A to Z, the story of this? I mean, I think I have a pretty good idea, A to Z, of, of the story of this. Do you mean Anthony Smith, the guy who got killed? Yeah, like, like that's a, that to me that's an example though of like everyone starts like I hear so many people that say oh like Rob Ford got that guy killed but like, there is no evidence any of the reporters that I know who have been intimately involved in this story who actually have sources that actually produce verifiable facts who can um, verify that they have access to this investigation there is no evidence that Rob Ford was involved in that murder at all all but people say it over and over because they have a friend of a friend of a friend or it's on Twitter and I think that that's part of the the problem and maybe the conspiracy that the media has secret information that they're not reporting well I think it's more just that like there's this big operation where like all these Somalis were thrown in jail and then there's the, the four guys in the photograph and one of them's dead and others but we were can, you can trace it all you know the project project traveler started in the fall after the massive gun shootings and of the summer of 2012 mm -hmm. and then they started project traveler and while they're wiretapping these guys they start hearing them talk about the fact that you know, they might be selling crack to the mayor. Mm -hmm. And then this is proceeding along and they're listening to this. And then they focus in on this house on Windsor's Road. And it's just unlucky for Rob Ford that he happened to be allegedly buying his crack from a gang that was being monitored. I mean, you can you can follow it all along. It's not uh, it's not that weird when you think about this is allegedly the Dixon City Bloods are a gang that deals 
drugs and that someone who lives close by would be buying their drugs because gangs are about turf. It's about this right. is our area. And anyone who does hard drugs, you know, if you're talking about like Omer Ford's like criminal connections, it's like, well, anybody who does crack has a connection to like serious criminals. Ex- exactly. I mean, like that's the thing is they all kind of, while it might seem like crazy that these are all connected, it's actually not. He lives eight minutes mm-hmm. from this gang. This gang controls the area so this next whole- to his friend, like his, his high school friend Fabio Basso gets their drugs from these guys you can it's not that hard to see how that might have happened right so when people start to spin out with like leasing and all this stuff and like as if it was like all really intertwined really you're saying from what we know we've just got a mayor who likes smoking crack and that's how we got tangled up with this stuff I don't know yeah I think that when, when people talk about like there being the possibility of criminal stuff beyond the smoking of the crack, it's in, it's in the attempted cover-up. Yeah, it's the extortion. That seems like where there's still holes in the narrative, is that? It appears to be what the police are trying, still trying to put together. And uh-huh. they're, they're not having much luck, I don't expect. At this point, anyway, they may not have been successful in, in drawing those links. Uh-huh. All right, guys, let's back up and talk about like kind of the greater impact on the media and, and, and perceptions of the media. Like, like when I see this like seemingly constant footage of the press camped outside of Ford's office, like, he makes the press look like he makes us look ridiculous. He really does, and he has this uh, theater going where it's like, "Look at them hounding me." But of course, if he just announced a press schedule like any other mayor, then you know all, all those journalists wouldn't need to camp out there. And the fact that he comes out and says crazy shit mm-hmm. at a whim means that the press has to. Exactly. Now, now, I mean, this is a criticism that I've had of any kind of political scrum, and, and you know, in, in Queens Park or in Ottawa. But everybody's getting the same clip. That's a tremendous amount of news resource for everybody to to get the same. He's going to come out. He's going to say something. Sometimes something is revealed because out of the conflagration of like all those reporters, somebody will ask a different question than somebody else. But it's not like anybody is doing a very different job than anybody else in that horde. Well, it, and that's – I mean I – I hate chasing scrums. Like it is something that I just want to smash my face off against the wall, especially at City Hall, because besides the mayor, everyone else will talk to you. Like we typically don't get caught up in the scrum chasing with the mayor. I mean, you do as much as possible. You want to be there because you nowadays we're not just taking notes. I'm always shooting video. I need video for our website. People watch that. They do. And you need to also, especially after writing a book about this, I've really come to appreciate how useful it is to have video snippets of all of this documented. But your um, video is the same as everybody else's video. If it's at, but that. I can't run like the National Post video on the Star Wars. But is this really that complicated? You know, in this age of like limited news resources, couldn't everybody just agree that like somebody with a camera is going to stay out there? It's like well, I mean, whatever what, happens here, we'll pool. That's what Canadian press is. Yeah. And, and um, you know, you can buy into that and there's there's other outlets. And I, I do think absolutely that we are going to see that in media 10 years down the road. Like it's not that important for the Star's readers that like, well, this is the version of that video that Robin shot on her cell phone. You know, when you're thinking about the logistics, it's just it's, it's probably actually easier to have a person especially if you know a bureau you have a bureau in the, in the building you're there to run upstairs take a video and upload it than it is to you know pay, subscribe to some sort of pool feed that doesn't exist yet and then just put that in it's just like it's, it's just as easy and perhaps cheaper probably um, for, no, for sure cheaper. unless you're all camped out there for hours on a big news day right we, we do spend a lot of time maybe that's just what you get as a, as a news reader because when you see it you see this huge sea of reporters which he uses for political theater like look at these people hounding me he's using the press as part of his message yeah there was this restaurant critic filming a reality TV show here and he happened to come on a day when uh, new court documents just came out 
so the full complement was there. You know, we yeah. have something like twenty different news outlets, and he was like, "This is insane!" Like, oh, you're, and he made a comment that something to the effect of, "You know, this is outrageous, even like for, for British, British standards." And he's from the UK, right? Yeah, but I mean, this is not every day. This is because our mayor is ensnared in a police investigation. What's frustrating with scrums in that situation is that you have the press gallery who are all very up to date on the file and know what the news is that day. And then you have other people who are kind of asking like throwaway questions. And that's what's so frustrating with Rob Ford because you only get like a few questions before he decides to walk away. Yeah. And that's the delicate balance. And he will walk away as soon as you mention drugs. So you kind of have to like, right. Like I asked him the other day, do you still use drugs? And he wouldn't answer and left. And it's like one of those, but that's an, that's why you have to be there. Okay. You, you say like he makes us look like fools in the press. This is an epic troll. I mean, he's trolling the media. He's very good at it. People don't give him enough credit. I think he's an incredibly savvy manipulator of media. I thought he was great on Kimmel. You know, he 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 kind of took the abuse with good humor. He played the clown. It wasn't bad on Kimmel. It didn't reflect well on him. But I mean, as far as his performance went, I mean, you know, he did about as well as any person could reasonably be expected to do in in a situation in which they're being publicly humiliated. You almost felt sorry for him, which is incredible. You almost felt sorry for him. Personally, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I found it immensely entertaining. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't. I mean. Yeah, he, he he took the punch as well. That's, he's that's reveling in this. He's reveling in it. And Doug, and Doug Ford, you know, says he's a rock star. This is obviously something they're embracing, yeah. be it like the that short-lived you know Sun Show or whatever reality show is going to happen after he's out of office. I mean, he, he's one of the most famous. You guys have helped make him one of the most famous human beings in the world. You're welcome. Uh, no, I I think that that is there's a, there's a couple of things there. I I always have said I think Rob Ford is a political genius. People say like, oh, he's really stupid or he, he doesn't know what he's doing. You can't mm-hmm. call him a G. But I mean, it, it's innate within him. He's a master manipulator of of media. Biggest example was after he said, I have enough to eat at home and he brings his wife into City Hall and then he gives this speech, please leave my family out of this, blah, blah, blah. And then he drags his wife through the reporters and the photos are of her kind of cringing in on herself and his hand up. And there's a door to his right that he could have taken, which he always takes after these press conferences, but he made a conscious decision to drag her through. It looked it looked awful on the media. I mean, he's the one who just dragged her into and the he spotlight. Her through, but and then his antidote to that is to create a circumstance where she looks like she's being crushed by exactly. the media. Exactly, and 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 uh, I mean, he is so effective at, at that. Do you ever feel like let's get ahead of him? Let's not be gamed by him. We don't have to take the bait. We, we are dancing to his music. Why does Doug have to be sitting there? And if Doug, you know, and shouldn't that be part of the story? Why didn't Peter Mansbury say, "Well, you've insisted on having your brother here, and you've insisted on doing this in your office"? You know, these are things that are part of how he manipulates sure. the media. That we just kind of like, okay, I guess we'll go along with that. I hear a lot people constantly say, "Why?" do you go to his scrums why do you why do you get sucked into that circus why don't you guys just say you're not going to cover it if you know that it, you're being either you're looking stupid or whatnot and so that I always just say and it's not just Ford but in general like why do you do these things why do you keep quoting Doug Ford and, and to me I always laugh at that it's like people say oh there's a media conspiracy and blah blah if we suddenly decided 
as a committee, the media party, well, we don't want to cover this person because we, you know, have an adversarial relationship with him, or we don't want to cover this person because, you know, the philosophy of the paper doesn't quite jive with with what they're saying. I mean, that would be the problem. Oh, I agree fully. You yeah, can't be you can't be bigger than the news or above the news, and we have an adversarial relationship with all power. That's right, the point and of that's the job. what people say that to me all the time. Like, why do you, you still cover a his lot scrums? Of stupid stuff to you. Uh, yeah, I, know. I noticed <laughs> when you or Daniel Dale retweet me, I get so like when you tweet me and then people I reply to both of us, I get so much more like hate stuff no, on Twitter the, than I do ever by myself. It's it's like I, no, I, it's I get a, a sense of what you must get all the time. Set, but, yeah. but if we can agree that he does game the media, is there anything we can do about it? No, because he's that's his that's his thing. I know he games us. I know he makes yeah. us look stupid. We have to cover him anyway. And it's for if his political opponents want to bring it up, then we'll cover that or if we have a, a column that someone can mention it, it's just it's part of the story. But let's admit something, though, which is that if the next mayor of Toronto is Olivia Chow, it will not be the same level of press coverage. Yeah, people always say that, too. It's like, well, why don't you guys ask other counselors if they're using crack? And it's because they haven't been videotaped smoking out of a crack pipe. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. But no, but it's just this odd like. But let's not pretend that this yeah. isn't what it is, which is. And I think it's totally legitimate mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. To, to accept that this is a monster story that everyone really, really, really wants to know about. And that is, you know, we're not just doing this public service of like, well, we would cover any mayor the same right. way. No, we're covering this mayor with particular emphasis, not just because of the things he's done, but because there's just worldwide interest. And we part of the job is giving people what they're interested in, right? Go ahead. No, I mean, we, we, would, we would cover any person the same way if they had engaged in the same behaviors. I don't think there's much – I don't think there's much question about that. People are and, – and I think that any mayor behaving in this way would engender the same – Yeah, if Olivia Chow does the same shit, then I guess it's yeah, going to be the no, same. I, I, don't, I don't think there's much question about that. I mean he's, he's a great character. I think that's a big part of it. He's a large-in-life character. He has been for as long as he's been a public figure. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of what makes it compelling too is he's so – immensely fascinating as a person, as a politician, as a figure, as a campaigner. Yeah. It's, you know, so shallow and there's so much depth to him. That's it. It, It's, it's, uh, I mean, it it, it twists us into pretzels and, you know, like. How do you reconcile all these contradictions? And people spend, you know, spent years. The loftiest ambitions of journalism versus like the the way that that a lot of the the public thinks that we're the the biggest scumbag muckrakers in the world is kind of coexist with Ford. And, And we have to accept both sides of that. I mean, you guys have to accept that Ford has been very good for both of you. You know, Ford has been like very good for both of your careers. Yes. I don't think there's much doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that you guys are like looking for the most sensationalistic thing to cover. You were covering city council before anyone was paying you to do so. Yes. And you were doing just like the, the daily grunt work mm-hmm. of, of news reporting. Like, and, and it's just like this happened and it's this, the rising tide of Ford. Well, yeah. This is the, the biggest story to come out of maybe Canada. It, it, it definitely is. I mean, I will object slightly to the phrasing of what you're saying, because while I agree that the Rob Ford story has been important for my career, the different it's not like it fell on the on my lap. This could have been very bad. Also, I mean, the paper took a huge risk by pursuing this. Um, I think this is a is a like journalism has been big for my career and doing the work. And, and I think that. I'm kind of getting the only reason I point this out is that that's Gold's be talking about the abuse that I get from this. And that's something that people constantly say, like the story has been 
the reason I'm so interested in it is I see my inbox every day. I see the amount of death threats and serious death threats that I get and the harassment and the tone of discussion in this city. And it is awful. And it, it really sort of breaks your heart in some ways. And that's why I continue to cover this story. And that's because I I think that Toronto is at a bit of a crossroads. And while it is entertaining, um, the reason that we point out, for instance, that the trailer park boy that Rob Ford has just put on his campaign has a a show about marijuana. Yeah, it's some people say, like, oh, that's funny. But the, the underlying point here is, can Rob Ford produce someone in his inner circle who is not in some way tied up with illegal activity or drug activity. Like, there's a seriousness to it that I think it's oh, lost But it's sometimes. beautiful because it's like Ben Johnson and everyone's like, oh my God, another drug user. But then it's also this genius play to the Jamaican community who <laughs> sees Ben Johnson as somebody who was thrown under the bus by white Canada. I mean, it's it's, it's a perfect Rob Ford circumstance. I don't know if he thought it, thought it through that far, but can arguably shake that. That's the thing. Is, it's like, are you dealing with like like a crazy genius? Or I think that is it. He knows this is a celebrity. He doesn't think about the reasons why Ben Johnson yeah. is a celebrity. It's like, this is a celebrity. This is going to help me. I don't bring up the entertainment aspect yeah. to further jeopardize you with people who I think the worst of you and of journalists in general. I bring it up because I think that ignoring it and denying it is a lie. When journalists say, oh, that's not why we do that. I mean, we are we are very interested in what is entertaining and what people are interested in. Mm-hmm. We are also interested in covering things that we need to be covering for the public interest and for the public good. Those things coexist in the work that we do. And, and you know, to, to, to claim that we're just appealing to the loftiest principles of journalism for it is not totally accurate. I think that's, I think that's important. I think city, like, for me, conveying the idea that city politics was entertaining as entertaining is something I've been I had been trying to do for years. City Hall has always been entertaining. It's never been this entertaining. There's no question. It's, this sort of yeah. this intersection of things that are entertaining and also important and how to use that entertainment to get people more engaged. I don't know. It was really nice when when Jimmy Kimmel introduced Rob Ford and said, you know, if you think municipal politics is boring, then you don't, you don't live in Toronto. Yeah. And I think politics suffers when people find it boring. You have credibility because and you both do because you were on this before it was cool. You were before it was a bad way. I mean, you I mean, you were in the weeds of like the most minute details of city council and the rest of the world caught up with your interests. So that's legitimate, uh, you know, but but I think for you to say like, hey, I haven't noticed that this is international news. I mean, it's been, it's been, I've written about that, the fact that it's gone from being, you know, a, a niche, is even as far as like niche hobbies go, yeah. to sort of a larger fascination to a piece of like core Toronto pop culture to international, I don't even, I <laughs> I think people give reporters too much credit in the sense of thinking about stuff like that. It, it's like, I can tell you, I can speak on the behalf of someone in the Stars Press Gallery or in the Stars City Hall Bureau. We don't think about what's entertaining. Our bo- Maybe our bosses do. Maybe the person laying out A1 does. Maybe our homepage editor does. I can say reporters, it's like, what's happening at City Hall today? And I can tell you that I am more bored than I can possibly articulate with a story that everyone's covering. I have no interest in in stories that everyone is writing about and that I am excited to put this behind me because I don't care. I, I only want to write about stories, like the stories that make me excited, that get me jazzed up are things that I can break, that people don't know about. Yeah. If things are being covered, someone else can write about that. And like that's so... So, so this I, story hasn't been exciting for you since you got the call to go look at the It's not about video. that. It's like, but right now with like, with, with, when you talk about the scrum, like I... 
it is so boring to yeah, sit yeah. and be in a scrum. That is not fun. Like the, I, I can tell you, like, I just, I guess, I, I see what you're saying about, of course, Rob Ford is entertaining and brings in readers and people read about it. But the reporters on the ground don't want to cover stories that every single person sure, is covering. But your editors do care about what is entertaining and arguably stories of greater importance for Canada, like the Senate scandal, have right. been overshadowed by but, this. Sure. Mm, well, the Senate scandals have been pretty well covered by the Oh my God. I mean, the, the timing of this, just like Harper's oh, sphincter just released. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God. I mean, you know, there's, there's only so many, you know, oh, yeah. pages of print and there's only so many hours of broadcast and the focus completely shifted off of, I think, a scandal that should have brought down the federal government to, to Toronto municipal politics. Well, a lot, and this, and this should have brought down Rob Ford and the gas plants. So you could, in the cover up, arguably should or could bring bring down the. It should be. You know I what mean, the difference so is, many- and you know it's a word that we haven't used to describe this whole thing, and that very few people use is scandal, because a scandal usually is something that surprises you, and this is consistent. I mean, the level of his behavior is certainly certainly surprising. It was a scandal in the very beginning, but now it's just a way of life. It's been a year now. Yeah. That's how long we've lived with this. He is just a more exaggerated version of what we already knew him to be. Keep in mind, even like just a year ago, this time. We were still arguing with people who who legitimately say he never drinks. Mm-hmm. He does not drink. Did they believe that? Oh my! I can't even the it's people don't think about this or remember this time. But the Gar- the Stars Garrison Ball story ran on March 26th, and in that story, we said the mayor was asked to leave a military ball after showing up impaired, that he likely had a drinking problem, and that his staff wanted him to go to rehab because it was impacting his job, and. He said we were pathological liars. The amount of blowback from that story far surpassed anything that happened out of the crack video. Yeah. And people absolutely did not believe it. City councillors later confessed to me that they thought that story was, was not true. Yeah. Well, he created this 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 uh, paradigm of the press is out to get me that people did, I think, buy into up to a point. They were so effective at, at making us the enemy. The thing that allowed us to publish was Gawker. Because this is an outside entity that has nothing to do with this story, that has no previous interactions with it. You can't accuse them of having a vendetta against the mayor of Toronto because Gawker had reported exactly what we had seen. The the logic would suggest that we couldn't have made that up. But 45% of the city still did think we made it up, even though Gawker had reported but it. But let me drill down on that for a second. The fact that what allowed you to publish that story was Gawker going first, doesn't that just, isn't that a terrific concession to the people who bought the mayor's bullshit? You knew from the beginning that you were just reporting what was real. Allowed us to publish on that night. Right. But we would have published it, but th- we wouldn't have published, have published it published then. It Absolutely. A hundred percent. A thousand. Of course. But the reason that we published it. Never getting the video, you'd still say, OK, we're not going to get the video. Yeah, Let's publish it. I'm surprised that you'd think that. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't know the internal discussions at the start, but I, I never I there was never any doubt in my mind that that's something they would publish. I mean, the thing is that. I'm, well, the Globe sat on their Ford drug story for months and months and months. <laughs> Timid in a different sort of and way. And that story is a different one because yeah, it's yeah. relating to high school activity. The thing about Rob Ford is that he lives his life in such a way that the truth can seem implausible. Uh, to your Gawker point, that Gawker reported it and that enabled us to write it that night because an outside entity had seen it and they couldn't accuse them um, of, of having a vendetta. The fact that 45% of the city thought that the Stars story was a hoax, I think it speaks to the change that's happened in media. People don't even mention, those people don't even mention the Gawker story. It is irrelevant to them. It's like, well, we don't care. It's just Gawker. The logic is it would be impossible for the star to have done that. Gawker publishes at 8.30. Within an hour, the star has 
called a meeting of all of its editors, its reporters, its lawyers, its publisher, its editor to say, we're going to make this up and pretend to have. Of course, it's absurd. But it's like that, I think, is so interesting that you can have two media outlets that have nothing to do with each other reporting on this. And it's like the star is making it up. And and it's like, but why do you care if 45 percent of the city thinks that you're making it up? You're not responsible for what people think. You're responsible for reporting the news as accurately as you can. Like, why is that such a big consideration? If the mayor has convinced his supporters hundreds. In the states, there there are Republicans who will think that anything that comes out of certain news sources is bullshit, and there's people on the we left who think that hundreds of thousands of dollars of subscriptions from people who called in to say we believe you've made this up That's only like because a few, the star few hundred subscribers, right? Which is still not no nothing, hundreds but- of thousands. It was, it's it's it was a huge financial hit never mind the man hours investigating this but no it, you, it's a big problem when half of the city in that sense we are a business it's it's not useful to have half of the people in the city that you're covering think that you're lying well, that, well that's alarming too that you would hold back a story or that your editors would hold back a story they knew to be true because certain customers of the star thinking that it's false would pull their business i mean but it's not holding it back i don't no, think anyone's saying they're holding, investigating it, back, holding it. it back and saying they they want it to be a stronger story for half it didn't become a stronger story it became a story that was printed elsewhere that's- I, as, it, as it happened, as it as it happened, the very specific and particular way it unfolded. But yeah. there's so many different ways. And that wasn't ideal. Like, let's be honest, that wasn't ideal how that happened. We maybe the video would have surfaced otherwise. Yeah. And but though, this, in in August of that year, the Star ran a story about the the criminals around the alleged criminals around Mayor Rob Ford. Kevin Donovan wrote it. Jamie Poisson. It was you can look it up. It's yeah. Uh, it's about Sandra Lisi, and that is what the crack. I believe that is what the crack story would have been, and it would have come out in August, and that would have we saw the video May third. So May, June, July, uh, four months later, like that's when that story would have been published. I'll let you guys get to work in a minute. Two last questions. Mm -hmm. Are we too afraid of libel in this country? There is an exception because of a Torstar case, Grant versus Torstar in 2009. It used to be that if you were sued for libel, you had to prove that it was true, true, true. Now you can say, I'm a journalist. It was responsible communication. I can't know for 100% that it was true, but it was newsworthy, and I was a responsible reporter. And if you look at the case history, very few journalists have actually used that precedent. Well, there hasn't been. It hasn't been a long, very... Yeah. Well, 2009, we've been, you know, it's been an eventful uh, through, you know. I don't even think a case has gone to use that defense. It's a, it's a, that, that's what the, that case is, was the framework for all of the stars reporting on this. Yeah. The responsible journalism defense that you can prove a public interest, that you give the people an adequate time to respond. So fear of, fear of libel charge from the Fords was a factor in many newsrooms holding information back. The Fords haven't sued anybody, as, as Jonathan pointed out. It's not just about lawsuits. It's about making sure you're right. And just because you think you're right right because it's in your gut doesn't mean that you know it's right. I'm not really talking about like reporting what's in your gut. I'm talking about just reporting what you've I honestly what, what can't you can, say what, what, you, what you witnessed, the, the facts that you know to be that true. That libel was, uh, we were the star was always concerned about being responsible. I can't say we were ever like we are afraid of the Fords suing us. Like, that, that was not. The star was never afraid of the story. I think the, the, Ford, the star would have relished that, frankly. You know I what? If, if, if any paper would have, it would have been the star. I, I, That's I, I true. honestly don't think that we were ever like, we better not publish this because the Fords might sue us. It's like, do we have this story? And it's, if we have this story, if we are confident that it's correct and that we've behaved responsibly, yeah. It's like then we will publish it. It wasn't like we need to get X, Y, Z so that they don't sue us. A lot of stuff that if this was the United States would have gotten reported a lot sooner. Well, it would have been if this was in the United States, the family element would have been reported a lot sooner. Yeah. The stuff that I put in my book that can't be in the paper because 
it doesn't fit with you, you can't write those stories here and I actually think that's not a bad thing well there's an argument about who's in the public eye and who isn't right, who's a exactly. public figure and who and, isn't and in the states they have a much different view of that and I will say this uh, to the star's credit it used to be that uh, news organizations would welcome legal battles that would further the protections of the press and, and, and the freedom of the press in this country a lot of news organizations no longer court that kind of conflict you know to try to you know just, just create wider parameters but the star has and we are talking about a Toronto Star precedent and, and, the, and the media has been doing that throughout the Ford story. Media have hired lawyers and these documents coming out are related to media lawyers from across the spectrum. Yeah, and that might be one of the lasting impacts of this is that that we have a greater sense of our power and a greater sense of what we can do. This is my final question and uh, I I apologize if it's an uncomfortable one. You have sold the movie rights to Crazy Town. Mm -hmm. Who is going to play Goldsby in the movie? Oh my God. Seth Rogen. Hmm. I have no idea. Jesse Eisenberg. He's Canadian so he can get the CanCon tax credit. Right. Coming soon. Well, 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 that is your Canada Land Show. I do hope you liked it. Come to the website at canadalandshow.com. There's a video up, there's stuff to read, all kinds of Canada Land stuff in different forms than you may be used to. Email me. I read it all. I respond when I can. Jesse at jessebrown.ca. I am on Twitter at jessebrown. I will have another podcast for you on Monday. If you like this show... Recommend it.